I'm Kara, and welcome to the Purpose Driven Mom podcast. Here at A Purpose Driven Mom, I believe in parenting with intentionality, but remembering the grace that God gives us to make things new every single day. I know that mom life can be hard and stressful, and it sometimes feels out of control, but here at A Purpose Driven Mom, the goal is to help you create systems and routines to just feel less overwhelmed, more in control of your time, your parenting, your life, and have more joy in your home. Mom life is hard enough. Don't do it alone. Welcome to The Purpose Driven Mom Show. Welcome to episode 14 of the Purpose Driven Mom Show. I'm really excited today because I have Miriam here from Motherhood, and we're going to be doing an interview just talking about how you can get started with playing at home, sensory play, and just all things mom life. I actually found her page because I was looking for activities with my kids. You guys know that I love doing any sort of activity at home with Ariana and Isaiah, and I struggle to find stuff that's appropriate for both of them because Isaiah likes to throw things, Ariana wants to sit and paint. And when I found Miriam's Instagram, I went down this like rabbit trail, just like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So I know that you guys are going to be so inspired today and also just hopefully take away some of that scared factor when it comes to doing activities at home. I know you're probably like, oh my gosh, the mess and uh, I don't know how to get started, but Miriam's going to help us get some good tips and good advice on just how anybody could get started. So Miriam, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be doing this. Yeah, I'm really pumped to just share, you know, this with the audience, but also learn more about you in general. I was telling Miriam before we got on, like, I found her like six months ago, literally just, I need an activity. And now we do one of the activities from her Instagram, I think every week. Uh, So she's become like a staple, yeah, in our home. Um, So before we jump in, though, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm Miriam. I am the person behind all things motherhood. Um, everything that you see is done by me, uh, recorded, edited, commented, messaged, everything is um, by me. And I have two girls, um, Nicole, she is going to be five at the end of this month. Um, and Emma is going to be two at the end of this month as well. They're three years and six days apart. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I know that that struggle. We were saying that we have that similar struggle of um, the age gap. It's it's quite a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. Having to- two toddlers at the same time. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and then funny. once you feel like you're getting out of it, you're just not getting out of it, and you just you know. <laughs> you move to the next season. I know. Me and my husband, we were talking about like, oh, do we want to have more kids? And uh, he's like, I'm just kind of tired of the house smelling like a diaper. So why don't, why don't we wait and we'll see what happens. Same, same. (laughs) It's, it's crazy. Two toddlers at the same time. Um, And you've been married, I think I saw it was like seven years. Yeah, Yeah, we've, uh, my husband and I have been married for seven years. It'll be eight years in uh, February. Um, and I am originally from Venezuela, so you'll see me speaking Spanish a lot or often, I wouldn't say a lot, often on my Instagram as well. Um, and my husband, his family's from Mexico. So we speak to our girls in Spanish, trying to teach them Spanish because we know that they'll learn English in school. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my stories, you'll see me directing to them in Spanish. <laughs> it's kind of strange, but somehow... It's, it's all working out. <laughs> I love that. No, I did see that. And I was wondering if you were like being super intentional about like having them be bilingual for it was just something that like naturally happens yes. because of the way you speak at home. We, le- we live in Miami and I would say in the area that we live in, I think the first language is Spanish and then the second language mm-hmm. is English. 
Um, and then my extended family most of it doesn't speak any English. So for me, it's important for my daughters to be able to speak Spanish so they can speak to my grandmother, um, my aunts, my cousins, um, their cousins and, and all that. So it's really just a small part of our families, my husband and I's families who live in the United States who speak English. So for us, we, we, we want them to, to speak Spanish. That's such a good skill. I was wondering, because I, you know, I'll watch um, Emma and she does like do the two-year-old talk. I compare it to like Isaiah, my two-year-old, and like he kind of grunts, he's getting a little bit of words. But I was wondering, is she picking up some of the words? Like she says some of them in Spanish as well, right? Yeah, her main language right now is Spanish. So most of the words that she says is in Spanish, except like if it's easier in English, she'll say hi for, instead of hola. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they say, right? That like the brain at this age is so easy to pick up other languages. So this is why they started teaching it so young in schools yeah. so yeah, that yeah, you yeah. can do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so tell me, like, you said you do all the things and I've seen you post this before that like you are like everything, a one woman show like behind the scenes there. Yeah. How did you get started making this account that's like blown up yeah. like all over my explore? Every time I'm on my explore page, maybe because I'm always searching it, but it's like <laughs> all over my explore page. I'm like, this account's great. Like, how did that even happen for you? Okay, so um, we'll go back to when Nikki, Nikki, my oldest, she was like about a year and a half, um, and she would not eat. She would not eat, and it's because she was like, like not hungry. She just, she just didn't like textures and so she wouldn't eat. So I went back to my training and I went deep into sensory play, deep into sensory play. So I started doing that and I saw a huge progression in her eating because she was able to feel different textures and play and scoop and transfer and do all these things. So when she was at the dinner table, she was able to pick up a spoon to her mouth and eat the food with different textures. So that's where my whole sensory mission started. Um, And one day I was talking to my husband and a few friends and they all knew that I was doing this and they said, why don't you start sharing it on, on social media? So I opened up a page called Motherhood, <laughs> and I wanted it to be um, encouraging for mothers. Um, I think at the time there was a lot of like negativity or like the funny negative negativity around motherhood, um, kind of like the scary mom mom movement, <laughs> which mm, yeah. first time mom is actually scary. <laughs> right. right. Um, so I wanted it to be kind of like the opposite of that, like a positivity, like we can do it. Um, you just it just takes time patience and a lot of work so that's where the name motherhood came from um, playing off of the word motherhood um and so i i started sharing all these things that i was doing with her and she was less than two so really there wasn't much to do except for sensory play and um maybe a few activities here and there so i also shared um, lifestyle stuff like about us about our everyday life. Um, I would say about eight months after that, I, I was like, I was pregnant again. Um, and we were moving, we were moving just houses, but it was just too much for me. So I, I stopped motherhood. Um, and I focused on that for a year and a half. And then I was like my whole pregnancy and then Emma until she was six months. So it was like a year and a half and then I stopped. And then I really missed it because I was still doing these things with Nikki. And then when um, Emma turned six months, I was 
I, I went straight into doing stuff with her. So um, I started taking the thing is that you had to take pictures and you had to take videos and it, it, it's like a whole thing. You don't just play with your kids. So I went back to taking pictures and the videos and doing all those things. Um, and then I started sharing them. And then as of, I would say, um, January, it was May of last year. So pretty much as of January of this year, I transitioned to make, to make how to videos. Um, because I had a conversation with someone, it was very interesting. And I said, what do you like about social media? And she's like, honestly, I really like when I could see something, get it quickly, understand. And then that's it. I hate when I have to read three pages of a caption mm -hmm. to still not understand what to do. And it's just complicated. So I'm like, and I was already doing how to videos for my recipes. So I kind of had already, I had already the equipment and all those things. So I transitioned straight into videos. And then from when I started doing videos, that's when my page started going bonkers. <laughs> that's okay. So you took such a big break and then you came back. What did you do before this? You said you got back to your training. What were yeah. you doing um, before um, you were home with them? So I studied psychology, um, but while I was in school, I worked for um, the Center for Children and Families at the Florida International University. Um, and I worked there pretty much my entire college career. Um, I'm sorry, college education. And there we worked with children who had ADD and ADHD. And we did a lot of sensory play with them. And that's where I learned pretty much everything that, that I post on my page. Um, obviously, um, other things go back to like younger me and summer camp and stuff like that, <laughs> like the Play-Doh. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the, the, the reasoning behind sensory play came from there. Um, and then when I graduated, I worked for the Salvation Army. They have a large homeless shelter here in Miami. And I was in charge of the Women and Families program. Cool. And there we would incorporate a lot of, or not a lot, a few of these things that are inexpensive, don't cost any money um, to do type of stuff. And we would incorporate that into like the, the like uh, meetings and stuff like that with the children. So yeah. yeah it went full circle for you. It really went full circle. Well, so we, we were talking about this a little bit before we got on too, like when you go back to your roots of what you like to do, like I was telling her that I was a teacher, you know, and I got back to teaching now, I just teach parents and moms. Um, but when it comes full circle with like your skills, I think that's like, I don't know, the magic spot for me. I feel like when God's like, this is your purpose, this is your passion, you know what I mean? This is where I feel fulfilled at the same time. Like yeah. it feels good, you know, to have something yeah. like that where you can like pour into it. Because I think a lot of times too, as moms, you get so lost in like being mom. You don't have anything else. Like another reason why I started because of that. Yeah. And you know, I feel like that's such a big thing nowadays. A lot of moms I talk to, they'll say like, I don't have, like, I don't even know how to make a goal. So yeah. right now I'm talking to my group uh, about goal setting and, and so many of them don't even know where to start because right. along the way they've kind of like lost what matters. And you know, I, I don't want to get to a place where I'm, my kids are like, you know Everything. like out of the nest or whatever and I'm like oh my goodness like that's why they say so many like people get like divorced when your kids go to college because you haven't connected with your spouse or you don't know who sure. you are and you go through this like 
reinvention. So I think it's really great that you were able to find something that like you were skilled in and you enjoyed. It's always kind of nice when like you can be like, I went to college for this. So I feel like I'm still sort of using that degree. Like as I still pay my student loans, I'm like, I feel like this is at least still worth it somewhere. Right. It has to be worth it. I have to fit it in somewhere. I'm going to be really sad. Tiny corner of all the rainbows. It's my psychology degree. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Cause otherwise those student loans are going to help me. Exactly. <laughs> I loved how you talked about this got started because you were helping Nikki like with her eating. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like I know that there are so many good like fine and gross motor skills when it yeah. comes to like sensory play, but I didn't even think about it with eating. Before we dive in Huge though, on textures. Yeah, could you tell us though like what what does it look like to do sensory play? And then I would love to talk more about like the actual benefits for like the fine and gross motor skills for parents out there who are like, what are you even talking about with these like rainbows and these, <laughs> these videos? Like what types of things are you doing or what do you consider like sensory play at home? Okay. So um, I'll just share like how I started with Nikki. So she was comfortable with the texture of water because she drank water. So I filled, um, I would say, I don't know, like a 24 quart um, bin, like from Target, those like clear plastic bins um, with water. I would say about maybe three or four fingers. And I put three or four drops of food coloring, blue food coloring. And then I dropped in some sea animals. It's an ocean, but she's playing with the animal. She's splashing the water. She's feeling the change of temperature. Sometimes I would put an ice in there or a few ice pieces of ice in there. Um, and she would feel the different textures and the different temperatures. And, and then from there, um, we went on to like dyed spaghetti. She was still, um, less than two. So everything had to be taste safe. Um, so we went into uh, colored spaghetti. So I would cook spaghetti the same way that I would do it, but this, but I would add five to 10 drops of food coloring into the water. So when the spaghetti comes out, it's colored. So I would make it um, green, for example, and I would put it in a little tray and I put some flowers on top and I would, I would say, um, can you pick the flowers? So now she has her hand in a whole different texture. It's like mushy. Um, it's wet a little bit. Um, it's stringy. So she's playing with the different strings. She's probably tasting it at that point as well. Um, and she's also playing with the plastic flowers. And then from there, um, I guess we would go into like maybe a, a, a little, a little more messy or not even as messy. We could do Play-Doh. Um, and then I would make the Play-Doh myself because she would eat the Play-Doh. So, yeah. <laughs> so then that's when I got into making my own Play-Doh, which tastes safe. Um, and Play-Doh is amazing, amazing for children and their little hands and their creativity and anything they could do with it. So then I would give her some Play-Doh and a few stampers and a few rollers. And then that would be her sensory play. And then from there, I would like grow to be a little messier. And recently I shared like a chia seed thing, but I would, I like to put color into everything. Um, and, and I found these amazing food colors that are super vibrant you can use very little of it and it just it just brings life to everything so she's playing but she's also feeling different textures and that is all going to translate into her day-to-day -day life um so dyed rice is one of my favorite it's just rice uncooked rice 
few drops of food coloring, a little bit of vinegar, and you shake, 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 and you leave it out to dry, and it is amazing. The texture of it is, is unique. Um, and the colors are so vibrant, they last forever. They last years. I think I have some rice that's like three and a half years old. <laughs> wow. Wait, so can we talk about the food coloring for a second? Because yes. we did one of the activities, uh, I think it was the ice paint. You know what I'm talking about? You had like ice cube yes. trays, and then you did the ice, and then you put food yes. coloring, and then you put um, popsicle sticks. You guys are going to have to go over to the account to see it, and I'll link all of this in the show notes. Um, and then they um, could use it to like paint, quote paint, like, the paper and Isaiah loved it. He pretty much just like tried to eat it, you know, and then Ariana loved it. It was so fun, especially in the summer, it's hot. Um, and it was fun watching like the ice melt. And my daughter would say like, mommy, like, where's the ice going? And it turned into like a little science lesson. But afterwards I was like looking at my hands and I was like, I don't know if this is the best food coloring to use. So you said you have, you have one that you like, like, yes. so if I was to use like an over the counter food dye, like that's a no go. Or what do you recommend? Because we want to talk safety too. Yeah. So the one I buy is by Wilton and it is the color right ones. Oh, like the baking Wilton, right? Okay. Wilton. Yeah. Wilton is the maker and they're called color right. And I have tried all of the ones at the local supermarkets. (laughs) We're talking Publix, we're talking Winn-Dixie, all of them. (laughs) And the difference is that you have to add a lot more to get the colors. Okay. So, and even when you add a lot more, they're more staining. So with the Wilton ones, I could literally add today, um, I made some puffy paints and I added one drop of food coloring into the one drop and the colors were super vibrant and they didn't stain at all. Oh, that's good. Okay. So if um, I use those ones from the grocery store, my kids like not poison, but my hands were stained. So I should probably invest in these ones. I, I know I like looked at my hands and I was like, these are going to be blue forever. I think she wanted, um, rainbow pancakes the other day. So like I had a couple batches and made rainbow pancakes. She had a sleepover with my mom and it was like, grandma's here. So I made, I made rainbow pancakes, but my hands were blue, like, uh, like in my nail beds. I was like, oh, this is, this is one of those I, things. Sometimes I'll like open it. And you know, when you open it, there was some on the it's thing. Sports. And then you put your finger all dirty. Yeah. It, it comes out every single time I, I shower at night. It comes out in the shower. Oh, I, never, okay. I think I did today a little bit. And mm-hmm. I can't. I'm going to, I'm going to buy these because I know that that's like one of the things for me, especially yeah. the gets everywhere because so Ariana like wants to help. Um, yeah. do everything. Like she wants to put the food dye in, but she'll she grab that. it from me. And like, then there's dots are flying all over yeah, the place yeah, yeah. and it's always like a whole thing. So yeah. it's good to know that this one will come out These are easy. also like well sealed and you have to like squeeze it to good. get one drop. So good. it's different. Helping. <laughs> good. I like that a lot. Yeah. She did the same thing today with ketchup. We're at dinner and she was like, let me do the ketchup. And I was like, no, this is not a good idea. And she just squirted the whole thing ever. I was like, all right. But I guess you're getting those skills and um, <laughs> we'll have to just go with it. You know what it is? Because it's like sometimes, like, it's what's messy. Like having toddlers or yeah. kids in general is messy. And sometimes I have to, like, I get short with them or I get frustrated, especially like today. Like I just mopped the floor and I was like, you know, um, I don't even remember she's playing with, but it like got on the floor. And I was like, yeah. you saw me just mop it. But then I have to check myself, honestly, sometimes and just be like, okay, Kara, like she's a kid and she's learning and like, what do you do at this point, right? Like it's a teachable moment. Like you made a mess, like you will clean it up, but I'm not going to like yell at you over it. I'm not going to like right. make it a big thing. But I honestly sometimes have to like check my patience. Like if I'm having one of those days, really um, frustrating. yeah, it can be frustrating. Really and that, that holds me back a lot. Like for, so this week, 
we've had a kind of a crazy weekend. So we haven't done like really anything extra um, on top of their camp right now. But like yeah. the past couple of weeks, like I've been feeling good. So I was like, all right, we're going to yeah. do this and this and this. And it really sometimes is mood dependent on me. But sure. I don't know. I feel like I have to talk myself in to yeah. doing it because yeah. it might sometimes take a long time. So what would you say to like the mom who's thinking like, this sounds really cool and very yeah. Pinteresty, but yeah. like, I'm not crafty. I'm not always in the mood to do this. Like, why do I, why do I even want to do something like this? Yeah. So I'll tell you why I do it. So I do it to help myself get through the day. And that's the truth. Like, I don't want to just sit and argue with my kids of why they're doing this. They're not doing that. And then, so if we're all investing our time into one thing that we're enjoying, it's going to be a good afternoon. So, and, and that's for sure. So I, I say to that mom, if you're having a day, take some, a little bit of water, add a little bit of food coloring, add some toys in there. It's going to get better. Yeah. For sure. It's going to get better. So that's what I would say. Forget about the, the little bit of splish splash of the mess and forget about, just forget it. Try and just focus and be in the moment with your kids and be like the, the time is passing. So just, just be in the moment and enjoy it. And if there's a little bit of rice for three months under your couch, yeah. <laughs> yep. oh, I'm yeah. definitely still picking up rice. I found some like the other day. I was like, what is this? Or we have like a bean bin. Um, yeah. same. I got like a little quart with like beans. I put dinosaurs in it. I made it when I don't even think Isaiah was born. So we've had this thing sitting here for a while. And Isaiah like picked it up and like, not, I find beans all over the house. Like my, yes. and, but, yeah. but at the same time, like it brings me back to remember, like I'm intentionally like trying to do something that I know is beneficial for both exactly. of us. So it's okay. Like exactly. it, it's okay. Cause it's I think okay. we get caught into like feeling like if we don't do it picture perfect, right. If it doesn't like always look nice, then we shouldn't do it. And that it's, yeah. you know, and I think the other thing that moms get caught up and I'm guilty as well is like, I have my to-do list and I have this to do and this to do and this to do. And if we sit and stop and play for a while, then I'm not going to get things done. Like I had to be very intentional with um, Isaiah. I don't know if you felt the same way with Emma, like being second, like me and Ariana got tons of time together and with me and him, it's just, there wasn't as much time. And I, um, in January, I was like, I want to intentionally spend time with him where I'm not trying to like fold laundry while he's um, around or like scroll on my phone because it's like, Oh good. Ariana's at school. Right. It's just you and me. And you're kind of like laying on the floor, like doing nothing. Right. Like I can get the laundry done. And I realized I wasn't spending intentional time with him. That's kind of actually think how I found your account because yeah. that's what I was like. I need stuff to do with him yeah. that Ariana wouldn't like take over that we could like just have because I'm not being intentional. I'm either like, honestly, I'm either on my phone, like, or we're playing. Like, I don't want to sit and play blocks like for like five hours. Either like, that's not fun for me. Yeah. But the sensory play, it, my 12 year old, I have a 12 year old too. He gets into it too. Like they did for something sure. with water beads and he had like his feet in it. He's making yeah. the bigger mess than them. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it is, you have to intentionality. And if you, if you're not enjoying it, don't do it. Don't do it. Do something else. Go out for ice cream, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy the process. Get your kids involved. Like you say, Ariana likes to get involved in the preparing. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I love that, you know, Nikki now it helps me too. And that's all in good fun. So if you're not enjoying it, I would say, don't, don't do it. If you, if you, the mess really, 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 really stresses you out, don't do it. 
Yeah. It's not worth it because you're freaking out the entire time that they're playing and it's not worth it. Yeah, they're not going to have fun because they're like, you're yelling at them or you're like on top of it. Like, what are you doing? Make sure the right doesn't get off the, you know, like, no, no, don't, don't do it. If if, if you really want to try, always start with water. Always start with water because water is the easiest to clean up. And now it's summer. I think it's a good time to like, we do a lot of the stuff outside because it's easy to just like hose off outside. Um, Like we did the chia seeds outside and there was no mess. Because I just hosed it all down. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I would love to do these things, like definitely start outside because- And when I lived in an apartment, I would do it in in the bathtub. That's that's smart. I would just go in the bathtub and I would just put the stuff with Nikki inside the bathtub and I would just sit like on top of the toilet because it was like a small bathroom. (laughs) And, but it was great. It was great. She loved it. And then I would just like shower the bathtub. It probably had to be cleaned anyways. So yeah, <laughs> and it was great. It, even like a colored bath, you draw a bath and you put three drops of food coloring and then all of a sudden it's a pink bath. You know, it's just something. It's, good. it's, I like the skills that it teaches, you know, like we're in a stage now where Isaiah can like learn his colors. So he's like sort of saying, I mean, everything's green, but he's like sort of getting there, but exactly. you know, with you know the older kid and you and guys you can do sensory play like I mentioned Dean's 12 and he enjoys doing stuff like this it's different it gets him off the video game it gets him off the phone um I like it if you've never like put your hands in like some fun sensory stuff I sit there with the bean bin you know and I scoop it my like I sit and have fun it's my and and it's a de-stressor I think it's totally a de-stressor I'll sit with rice and I'll like pour it into my hands when my kids are not around because it totally like brings me down yeah it's calming because we're always so go 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 and like to have something where you stop I think it's good so besides like it helps with like your bond with your kids you we were talking in the beginning about like the fine and the gross motor skills because you had started Nikki with um eating and I know I'm sure there are parents on here listening like oh my gosh my kids struggles also to like grasp the spoon or maybe has like another special need where they need this sensory thing. I'd love to talk a little bit more about like the fine and gross motor skills that kids would get with sensory play. So in every single bin, no matter what it is, I put a scooper and I put a little bowl in every single bin. Since Emma was, um, I would say about eight months, maybe seven months, ever, ever since she could like fully sit up by herself, I would put a little spoon and I would put a little, a little cup, a little bowl, some sort of something. And she has been practicing through her play how to pick up the spoon, scoop, and then pour it directly into the bowl. So you should see her eat. She's not even two. And she eats like a rock star. She, awesome. and, and it's like steady and it's perfect and it goes straight into her mouth. Not once did I sit there at the dinner table and was like, hold the spoon like this, put it never, 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 not even once. And I had never awesome. seen that for either. So it was all through her play. And, and it was never like a lesson. It was just her way, her progression with it. And I owe sensory play so much because I didn't have, I don't have to like sit there frustratingly. Can you just hold the spoon please to your mouth? <laughs> or can you hold it like this or not like this? Or, you know, I bet that'll help too when they do like handwriting and stuff because it's such a skill they need. And if they've already been practicing just holding things, you know, when they get something like handwriting. 
handwriting because it, it helps with the muscles in your hands. So um, if you get a little rolling pin and you have to like squeeze it to, to break it apart and you have to make a little ball and you, it's just all of these things that they, they do with their hands is all beneficial. It's going to go towards their um, life skills. So you mentioned the Play-Doh. I was going to ask you about storage because I had made, I don't remember what we made, but I was like, now I don't know what to do. Like I had some sort of, you know, if you do the, the spaghetti, we haven't done that one yet. That sounds cool. We've done the rice and like um, the Play-Doh. I would love, I would love to make my own Play-Doh. So hold me accountable because I'm going to follow your recipe because Isaiah just keep, I'm like, stop eating the Play-Doh. Like, don't, exactly. I mean, I know he's eating it, but it, like that stresses me out. It stresses me out too. To be like, don't eat the Play-Doh. So I, I need to make my own, but how do you store it? Like, so one, so that it lasts, so you're not just doing like, like, I'm sure some things are like one and done. Oh. Like you do them and then it is what it is. But I'd love to know like how you store it and then places you keep it where your kids like aren't grabbing at it or trying to get it. I can, I can see my kids being like, like the other day Isaiah came out with like three bottles of paint that I don't even know he got, he stands on everything. So he got it all the time. And my friend was over and he just was like, paint. And I was like, you want to paint right now? Like, what are you doing? Like they're into everything. So I'd love any yeah. tips on like how to store it um, yeah. so that it lasts and also so that it's like out of reach. Yeah, out of reach. Yeah. So I have two Play-Doh recipes on my page. Um, my favorite and my original Play-Doh recipe is a salt-based one. And that one has cream of tartar and that one can be stored for six, six months. I have some that over a year, but don't tell anybody <laughs> <laughs> um, like around six months um, at room temperature. What I do is I just um, wrap it in like saran wrap, plastic wrap, and then I put it into an airtight container. Um, and I just have like a big container of all my Play-Dohs and I just put them all, all in there wrapped separately so the colors don't mix. Um, and I put them in like a, a storage closet somewhere where it's not too humid. Um, just like a, a regular storage closet. Um, mine has like an air vent in there. So I know it, that it won't be like sweating in there. Um, and like that I have some that are over a year. <laughs> but yeah, you don't keep them in your playroom. So we didn't even get to talk about your playroom. That thing is gorgeous. Guys, you have to go. I, that, I'm, that just attracted me so much. Like the way you do like your play rotation and toy rotation. So do you keep it's intentional? All of it is intentional. Yeah. Can you tell us about like that? Like, do you keep yeah. the sensory stuff out there? What's your thought behind having this playroom the way you have it organized? So I have my playroom and right next to the playroom, I have, um, the storage closet and in the storage closet are the bins where I have the toys that are rotated out of the playroom um, and as well as my sensory stuff. So all of those are in um, like those target or those like plastic containers that are a bit taller. Um, in those containers, I have uh, the toys and stuff like, like that. So um, in my playroom, I, I like showcase everything to make it look like a toy store pretty much. So things are not cluttered. There is very few things on the shelf and they're like intentionally put in a specific order. Like I have a construction zone and I have an art zone. Um, I have like a little sensory zone, a music zone, um, a dress up, and it's all kind of like in separate areas, um, kind of like you would in a store. Uh, and that, stores do it on purpose to drive you in and kind of like keep you there. 
um, and, and make you focus on specific items that they want to sell you. So I do that for my kids. Um, I have, let's say, four bins. And once a month or once a, once a, like a month and a half, mm-hmm. I would switch out all the toys that are in there. Um, the favorites always stay in there, but they do move from area to area. So let's say the magnet tiles um, today are in one drawer. Tomorrow or next rotation, they're going to be in another corner in the new construction zone. So it's the same toy, but it's a new area. So it's like a new toy. Yeah, it's like a brand new toy. Yeah, we we toy. whenever we do good with our toy rotation, I attempt it. I do, but I don't stick with it. Um, or like say I clean our playroom up instead yeah. of everything being in like one big toy bin, like it's finally in sections. They're like, what is this? Like Isaiah found a dinosaur the other day and it was like he'd forgotten about the dinosaur and everything yeah. felt like yeah. brand new. Um, yeah. So I'll, you- I'll rotate the stuff that's in one bin for like other stuff that's in the playroom and they think it's like their birthday. Right. right. Like, like it's, it's like their birthday because everything seems new to them. And I hardly ever, 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 ever buy any new toys. I think it's Hanukkah or their birthdays. And then that's it. And they both birthdays are in August. So it's and Hanukkah's on the same day. So, <laughs> so it's like twice a year. <laughs> and I don't, I don't ever have to buy new toys because they're super into the ones that they already have. They see them, they play with them and they, um, have mainly open-ended toys which is also important for imagination um if you have a toy that sings for you uh, tells you the numbers and also uh lights up into a thousand colors what's left for the child to imagine so most of our toys that we have are stuff like puzzles magnet tiles legos um uh, like dress up stuff uh some color sorting toys stuff stuff like that everything is open-ended for them to create on their own and they play for like a long time don't they like on their own with their own imagination yeah. like I think we get scared of letting our kids just like be bored or like you know yeah. like just just play just figure you'll figure it out and they always do like they always yeah. figure something out yeah. um I saw once you had like paint in there am I wrong or yeah. did you have paint in there I would I yeah. yes and I was like oh my goodness like I just tell me about that tell me how you do that so that how tell me how you've taught your kids actually like to like this is how we handle things in the playroom and this is how we don't do things um because I'm sure it wasn't like let me just put paint in front of them and see what happens right it was probably very intentional I think a lot of times people don't see that right like they don't they just think oh look she's got this great room and the kids can paint like little angels but I'm sure there was like teaching intentionality behind it how did you get started with yeah those types of things with the sensory bins and all the things that are messy, I have um, two rules. You don't put them in your mouth, even if it tastes safe. And number two, if you throw it, it's going away. So, and I'm strict with the rules. It's not like I say it and then it doesn't happen. I say it, I give a warning and then it goes away. Mm-hmm. So through that, they know that I'm, that I'm for real. <laughs> so with the paint, I've, I've done it in other areas. Like I'll take some paint out into like the kitchen table and we'll paint the tools. If they do it, it goes away. So by the time I know that they've got their paint situation good, I'll put it in the playroom for them to grab on their own. And my walls are white, off white, but they're white. Mm -hmm. And there's no paint on the walls or on the floor. 
sometimes there's a little on their bodies, but that's normal. Kids are going right. to paint their bodies. They're curious. So that's very normal. If they're doing it on the wall or they're doing it on, on something else that's not, then, the, the, you know, they're getting a little <laughs> creative. <laughs> so how long would you say it could possibly take a parent? Like I'm, I'm thinking about being a mom listening to this, being like, oh my gosh, that could take like a year right. or like my kids, no. yeah, would never be Definitely able to do not. that. Definitely not. I, I say things with kids, um, it takes a week, so seven days, so seven times that you try. So anything that you do with a kid, give it a week. And so a good habit is created within seven days and a bad habit is created within three days. So it's very difficult, it's much more difficult to remove a bad habit than to create a good one. Right. So, oh, wow. so you would try seven times and by the eighth time, it's going to be better. But each time after you take it away, it gets better. It's yeah. not like it's bad, 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 good. It's bad. Eh, it's a little bit better. Okay, we're getting there. We're getting, okay, finally, she's not throwing the rice. Yeah. And I think it's consistency, which I often struggle with, especially like when it's those times. But I think that's something to think about. If you know, like you're having a hard day, you're feeling a little frustrated, maybe this is not the day to like try a new thing, but go back to something you know they can do because you're setting them up for failure because you're probably going to be frustrated and you're not going to want to yeah. do it and say, Oh, I knew they couldn't handle this. Like, you know, like your kids are two and five almost, right? Like they are little kids, but they can still handle things. I think we often like don't really see the big picture of what our kids can do. And that was one of the reasons I loved your account was because I was looking for to see someone who was doing what I wanted to do um at a bigger scale stories a lot i like my feed i would say is picture perfect it looks perfect go to my stories there i show my kids in action doing the stuff and i feel like that's so important um and the reason i separated that way because i wanted my feed to show how to do it and not just like a messy way of a, of a weird picture of how to do it and then you still don't know how to do it so and that's why I separated that way. I wanted my feed to look good so you can follow the instructions clearly and then my stories um, to be realistic and to be exactly how I would play with my kids with it. Um, it's not the only way to do it, but it's, it's the way that, you know, I, I do it in the moment. And it's usually like the, the chia seeds, for example. I made that bin for my, for my uh, video, but I gave them that bin to play with. If I was to do it off of Instagram, I would probably make one or two colors. I wouldn't make all the colors of the rainbow because right. it, it's not necessary. It's beautiful, but it's totally not necessary. If you want them to mix colors, make two colors. If you want them just to feel the texture, make one color. Um, it, you do not need to make all of the colors of the rainbow, but I like to show it because um, you're like, oh, I wonder what green would look like with chia seeds. And I show you all the colors. Yeah, and I appreciate that you do it that way too because your instructions are really simple. Um, they're easy to follow and I struggle sometimes to get overwhelmed when I see things on Pinterest. Like you were talking before about like um, getting started because someone was like, I just want to know how to do things. And then you go to Pinterest, you ever see like recipes sometimes and it's like nine paragraphs later about their life and you're like, where's the recipe? Like I just want, and I'm a blogger, but I'm the same. I'm like, I just want the recipe. Like scroll to the bottom, please. You know, like, I can't it's, scroll cra it's crazy. You, you just can't find it. And then all the pop-ups happen. You're like, I just wanted to make a, a you know, a casserole. Um, so I appreciate it because I think your stuff is really easy, but I like that you show the reality because 
again, I think that gives moms insight into like, it's not picture perfect, but like, this is how you do it. And your stuff does look really nice. Um, so let me, I'm going to tangent for a second though. Like, how do you manage your time? Like, I know I don't believe in balance. It's not like a thing we talk about here. I believe in like identifying your priorities and working within them, but yeah. Like how do you manage your time well to be able to answer all your messages and like the sheer volume, I'm sure of like questions you get and your content, like it looks great. So I'm wondering like, how on earth, how do you do it? What, or what's your, I pretty much have like a, a, like a structure going where I can record videos. All my things on my page can be done within like five minutes. So really the recording of my videos takes it takes me longer to set up the camera, put on the tripod, fix the lighting, do all those things than actually do the activities. So I would say maybe a total of 20 minutes. Most of my footage is about 20 minutes and then it gets um, cut into less than a minute. But yeah, it's maybe 20 minutes and then it takes me about 30 minutes to edit and then maybe 15 minutes to write a caption. Everything is simple. So it, it doesn't really take that much effort. Um, so I would say maybe max an hour and a half for my actual video shooting, putting all those things. Um, what's the most time consuming, um, is the community aspect is the comments, the direct messages. It's, it's, it's all that. Um, and I make it a point to respond to everyone because if you're writing me, I'm going to take the time to write you back. It might be three days later, but <laughs> but I'm going to try and get back to you. So um, I rely on those slower days um, and not post so many stories that day so that I can catch up. The, the stories are where my bulk of my direct messages come from. Um, so I'll sometimes maybe not story one day and then just catch up on my direct messages. Um, and, and that's how I handle social media. I only have time for Instagram at the moment. I don't have, um, any time I'd love to head over to YouTube. My vlog is completely abandoned. It's just, I'm just focusing on one thing because I can't, for example, I stopped doing my nails and all these beauty things because I just, it's just insignificant. Um, to me at this moment in my life. So, um, so yeah, I'm just focusing on one thing, Instagram, um, and, and everything else is the girls. So I would say I would do maybe like three to four. So I wake up, go to the gym. My girls are still sleeping, come back, um, and then wake up and then do breakfast and all these things with her, um, or with them. And then, uh, I would say nap time is the other time that I have to um, do Instagram stuff. Um, and then it's once they go to sleep, they go to sleep like around 8.39, usually 9. <laughs> um, and 9 to like 2 a.m. I'm working. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very time consuming, but I mean. But it sounds like you love it. I love, love it. I'm very yeah. passionate about it and I love the community aspect of it. And my husband tells me all the time, he's like, I don't know how you're going to be able to keep up with the answering. And, and I'm like, I'm already not answering everyone, but to everyone that's like very, like if it's a question or something, I'm going to answer. Like, I can, cannot answer. <laughs> so, well, I'm sure, I'm sure that they appreciate it. I know like you always like answered any of my messages back. And I yeah. thought about that. I'm like, I can barely get to my messages. Like I can't, Imagine how you do it's it. Priorities. So, and, and it's a priority for me to do that. Um, so if I can't, if I'm so backed up, I won't post a new 
post. I won't share a new play idea. I'll get back to the community before, before doing that. So priorities. Yeah. It's like when things are important to you, like you will find time for them. I think that's exactly what it is. And sometimes people will just say, like, I don't have time for X, Y, Z. And it's like, if you start saying like, this is not, I wouldn't fit in exercise. And then I was like, I need to give myself something. So I go before my girls wake up. It's early, hardly sleep, but it's important for me. So you just have to find a way to, to fit into your, your schedule. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time tonight. I know we're recording this. It's after bedtime. It's like almost 10 because it's so funny when you were like, well, my I can't do it till late. Like I can't do it till late either. Like, it's like you find your people. Who get it. Starting of my workday. So you're fine. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, but then it's the same. People are always like, how do you do what you do? I'm like, well, one, I don't do everything. But two, like I pick what I do based on what's important and I find and create the time pockets where I can find them. And then there are some days where I don't show up on social media because my job, number one, first and foremost, is like for my kids. And and that is what it is. And for a while, like I I couldn't accept that. Like I'm such a driven like type A person. Like for a while, like that wasn't good enough for me. And then I had this moment where I was like, no, like it is like, it is okay to like not show up everywhere because I'm just going to burn out and then it's not fun anymore. And then it's, and then I don't want to do it. So, um, it's nice to find something that like you just love to do that connects with your passions, but also like, you know, you can like turn on and off when you need to, like when you said you left it for like a year and a half, I was like, that's crazy, but you came back. So it was like totally meant to be now at a different season and a different stage. Um, Thank you so much. I feel like I have a bunch more questions, but we're getting close on time. I uh, had it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right. I want to make sure I got all the questions in the Facebook group. People were allowed to ask some questions. So I want to make sure I got all of the ones that came from the, um, my audience. But if you guys have not gone over, just at motherhood is the best place to go find Miriam because she's got all her stuff. I'm going to link everything at a purposedrivenmom.com slash podcast 14. That's where the show notes will be. And we'll link to, I'm going to link to this Wilton color, right? I'm going to link to all the stuff that was talked about today. Um, before we end though, uh, I would love to ask a couple questions. Um, what is one thing that you want moms to remember just about sensory play at home? If they could have one takeaway today. Enjoy it and be in the moment with your kids. And that's it. Just be there and enjoy the time that you have with them and have fun. Love it. I love it a lot. Um, and the last one is something I ask all the guests on the show. What is a habit or a routine that you have in your home that just makes your day smoother? Having a schedule. Having a schedule for us is important. They have a wake up time. They have lunch time. They have snack time and they have bedtime and having those times obviously they vary I mean it's not like exactly at 12 o'clock you have to eat but (laughs) but as long as we're going along that schedule my day goes smoother if if we're we're just like completely off it's not gonna be a good afternoon (laughs) yeah oh I feel that so much (laughs) um all right thank you Miriam so much guys if you go and try any activities which I'm gonna encourage you to do um from her account make sure you tag her tag me we want to see it um for sure I know that you're gonna see your page and um fall in love we didn't even get to talk about all the recipes that you have you had these like sweet potato muffins they were so good we made those like if guys it is and you know me y'all like I like simple and 
and easy to follow, um, but I want to see a result. And so there's recipes on there too, if you want some healthy Everything recipes. Tried and tested by me. So that, that you have for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and they were good. I'm telling you, these fine, these food potato muffins, like my kids, they, if my kids will eat them, I'm like, this is a winner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, go find her, um, follow her and um, make sure you tag us if you listen today uh, and just uh, give her a thank you for being on. So thank you again so much, Miriam. Thank you so much. This is so fun. All right. Have a good one. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you were able to get some tips to just parent with more intentionality. Make sure you head over to Facebook and join our private Facebook community group. Just search A Purpose Driven Mom and it'll come up. You can also go to apurposedrivenmom.com slash podcast and you will have access to every single podcast, all the show notes, all the links, all the freebies and all the goodies that I have for you. Thank you again for being a part of the community and I would love and appreciate it if you head over and gave a five-star rating and review. It allows us to find other purpose-driven moms, have an impact on them, and I would love to feature you as the reviewer of the week. Thanks again, and have an amazing day.